Good morning and welcome. It's that time once again. The Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Tuesday, September the 12th. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. If you haven't called us yet, <laughs> believe me, you will before it's all said and done. The website at allamericangold.com. Make it part of your daily routine. You can shop online. You can get all the latest news and articles. Don't forget about our medals programming. There's, you can be entertained out there all day. Uh, more great video clips today. Uh, I know David Stockman was out on there, a, a couple of others. Uh, they're just too long to play here, but so much great information. So if you don't like reading... You can listen, and that's why you tune in right here, wherever that may be, whether you're podcasting in the middle of the afternoon or the middle of the night, whether you're in your car or in your cubicle or maybe you're, you're, you're doing some work around the house, wherever it may be, thank you so much for joining us. It's another spectacular day here in the Valley of the Sun and more good news coming out of Hurricane Irma. All you got to do is look at Wall Street. What a great rally they had yesterday. It's up another like 50 points today because only 14% of the people in Irma's path actually had flood insurance. So <laughs> that's great. Hey, yeah, we're not going to have to pay out any claims. Of course, it is curious. When they do live near the the ocean, so I I, I don't know. I guess that I you know we don't worry about that here in Arizona. I mean, we actually well, I shouldn't say that. There's plenty of places where because if it rains here just like an inch or two, the we have the the desert washes that just turn into raging rivers and and uh, I just remember what was it last year? Or maybe it was two years ago where the I-17 turned into a river, but. Uh, Nonetheless, they're very, very happy about it. But something really big happened yesterday. For the very first time officially. Because <laughs> we've actually passed this number months and months ago. But they made it official. So I didn't know when they agreed to the three-month extension on the debt ceiling, if that included an actual update on the debt. We've got day one. And, and just so people know, and, and some of you may not know, the official debt number was suspended uh, because the debt ceiling had to be raised first. This is what Donald Trump is now trying to get rid of because they don't want to talk about the debt anymore. Uh, but for the very first time, it surpassed $20 trillion. Uh, and apparently it did so over the weekend. It uh, didn't get made public till uh, yesterday afternoon after I got off the air. They said that in one day, the deficit, the national debt of the country jumped by $317 billion, $645 million and some change. Because <laughs> And again, they're not done. That That's not all of the suspension. That's just the, the part they could do right away. 
right? That was the one-day fix. Over the next 30 to 45 days, in addition to getting updates on regular debt, they'll, they'll continue to uh, reverse some of the accounting tricks they had been doing or make actually make payments into some of the, the you know, whether it was Social Security or the pensions or the military and things of that nature. Uh, but tr- uh, Donald Trump uh, signed off on the debt limit deal to fund the government through December the 8th. They said that the Treasury Department had the debt ceiling suspended at the $19.8 trillion, and $19,844,587,000,000. Uh, the new debt number, $20 trillion, one hundred sixty-two billion, one hundred seventy-seven million. It's actually high already uh, today higher than that. Means that the you know the national jump, debt jumped by over three hundred billion dollars in a single day. And they said that the debt to the penny, the federal debt, which was going to be right below the 20 trillion mark right that 19.8 trillion they're now talking about a number north of 23 trillion we're going to hit 21 trillion somewhere around you know the the end of this year right somewhere between now and and let's say uh uh the first year from inauguration day will have surpassed the $21 trillion number. The previous suspension of the debt limit had expired on March the 15th and has now been uh, reset here. And according to all of the latest, and this is what's amazing, no one cares. Yeah. Right, $20 trillion. You know, you think about it, eight years ago, and and let's say a little over eight years ago, eight point something years ago, it was 10. Yeah, think about it. It was 10. And we did have, you know, and remember, there was reasons why it was so high. You know, we had that war. We had the Great Recession, but all of that's over. So why is the debt accelerating again? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. So why do you buy gold? Why do you buy silver? What's it all about? And what are what is the reasons behind it? And, and you probably need to start with the reason, right? Why was it that the founding fathers wrote into the Constitution? You know, you think about all the things that they could have put in there. And you think about how when you went in, in school and you learned about the the Bill of Rights and, and the Constitution and the freedoms and the liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And they said 
the money will be gold and silver. Why? Why was it that they chose to do so? And and really, this is part of history that the powers that be, and this is, you know, you talk about like the, the deep state. Certain people decided what it was that was going to be taught in school, right? When you when you start to go to school, what's the first thing you know? You learn the Pledge of Allegiance and all of that stuff, right? And we're talking about, you know, America and its history. What they don't teach you, right, uh, specifically talking about the Boston Tea Party, it was about tea and taxes. Yeah, it was actually, first of all, all, really very little about tea. (laughs) Just so happened that was uh, the owner of the tea. The tea was symbolic, right? Just so happened the people that they were upset at were the owners of the tea. But why were they upset? And they called it taxation. They were upset about, right, taxation without representation, right? This is what you learn. But really what happened was the colony, right, in Massachusetts was using fiat money. You didn't learn that part. And, of course, like all fiat money, it had become worthless. And they said, hey, guess what, colonists? We're going to go back. We're going to go back to gold and silver. And, of course, the colonists didn't have any gold and silver because they told them to use the script money, right, the fiat money. Now, I'm oversimplifying it, but not by much. I mean, that's, that's what happened. So, yes, they were upset. And, of course, the problem was their script buddy didn't buy him anything, right? You know, that old chestnut. And so the founding fathers, they had very recent history. And fiat money has always been a banking thing, right? And when you think about what you learn in school. Then you think about the the creation of the central bank in this country and how we had three different central banks. Most people don't know that either. The first two lasted about 20 years and they got rid of them. It wasn't until the third time, you know, the third time's the charm. And what people don't know and what they don't teach, because they don't want us to know it, is they colluded. It was really, it was an inside job. Right? Through marriage, through backroom politics, they got the right people elected to the right members and put into the right committees in Congress. 
They met covertly on Jekyll Island and came up with a plan. Right? And who are we talking about, right? We're talking about the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the Warburgs, right? The richest families in the world. And, of course, they had in their pocket a certain senator from Rhode Island who had married into the Rockefeller family. I mean, it was all, I mean, it would be a great movie if it wouldn't be, but the only problem is there was no no murdering and no death. <laughs> there was no, there was nothing other than good old-fashioned what? Well, I guess in this day it would be harder. There was no cameras. There was no cell phones, right? They snuck into town, disguised as a hunting trip, gave everybody that worked at the resort on Jekyll Island, took them and, and, and gave them all off. They reserved the whole thing. They were the only ones there. And this is how we got this new central bank. And you know what? It was going the way of the other two. Right, because look about 20 years in, what happened? They came around in 1913. So it took them several years to accomplish. I think they met in Jekyll Island in 1910. And it's funny because all of the founding families all have a piece in these mega banks, from City to J.P. Morgan to B of A and Wells Fargo. They're all tied to those four megabanks. You know who wasn't tied in? Yeah, Lehman Brothers. They weren't tied in. Matter of fact, they bought out the other family, and they didn't like it. But anyway, that's a different show. But when you start to think about what happened this week, $20 trillion. How did it happen? You know, when we were on the gold standard, the gold and silver standard, one of the great things about it was it didn't allow you to just print money. You know, when you think about it, and I say it all the time, you never hear of the great bubble of the 1800s or the superinflations of the 1800s. You just don't, because it didn't happen. Matter of fact, the only time there was really any inflation on the gold standard was war. As soon as the war ended, the inflation ended. Matter of fact, you'd have deflation after the war ended. People, I believe it or not, lower prices was actually a good thing. It is hard to understand, isn't it? How they want everything to be more expensive. Right? Somehow that's supposed to say that's prosperity. How's that prosperity? Right? What, they, what they're really doing is devaluing and trying to claim that it's prosperity. That's the trick. And so when you look at the, the $20 trillion, not only when you think about, hey, for 195 years, and why do we use 195 years? Because the government kept control of gold until 1971. They took it away from you and I, from the citizenry in 33, 
There's another thing they don't tell you. From 1933 to 1971, it was illegal to own gold in America. I mean, you could have gold jewelry, and you could have a gold filling in your tooth, but you couldn't walk around with liberties and St. Gaudens in your pocket. That was illegal. And when they closed the gold window, and I've told this story plenty of times, it wasn't because they thought they wanted to do it out of the kindness of their hearts. Right? When Richard Nixon addressed the country, it was because the United States went from 20,000 metric tons down to the alleged 8,000 metric tons we have today. And I say allegedly because they just won't count it. And they were going to be out of gold. They were a couple of years away. That's how quickly, by the late 60s, that's how much gold all of the foreign governments were taking. Right? Because they're like, and, and listen, the price of gold, they went from 20 to $35 when they confiscated it in 1933. Well, by 1971, all of these foreign governments were racing to give us the 35 bucks back. Right? Hey, we'll take the gold. Keep your 35 bucks. That 35 bucks doesn't buy anything anymore. You know, and really, when you think about it, how did they get the 20,000 metric tons? Now, they, they got a bunch from the citizenry, but they melted that down. That's allegedly what's in Fort Knox. In Fort Knox, it has a little over half of that 8,000 metric ton. So let's just say all of that came from the confiscation of 1933 and where they melted it down. And I've told the story how they didn't left all the impurities in it. They, they barely melted, you know, so, you know the, according to the Mint director, you can still make out that they were actually coins. Right? Maybe there's an Indian staring at them or, or Lady Liberty or who knows. But how did they get to 20? And the answer was simple. All of the foreign governments were like, wait a minute, if I give you back this $20 gold piece that we have, because they didn't take it from foreign governments. They didn't have to give it back. You'll give me $35 worth of stuff. Because yesterday, you'd only give me $20 worth of stuff. I get almost twice the amount of stuff. That was a great deal. Well, by the 50s, the $35 worth of stuff already was starting to be not such a good deal. And they started bringing some gold back. By the 60s, they were taking it all back. So that's why they closed the gold window in 1971. And from that point on, gold was freely traded. They set the new price. It started at $42, for those of you that would like to know. And from 1971 to 1986, we didn't mint any gold. So you always had to buy Maple Leafs or Kruger Rands or Vars. That's why I used that, the, the analogy I used, the movie Lethal Weapon, you know, with 
Mel Gibson and, and, and Danny Glover. And they were talking about South African Kruger Ranch. Well, that movie was made in like 1983. We didn't make gold again until 1986, so it couldn't have been American Gold Eagles. But anyway, the debt for the first 195 years, which took this country from 1776 to 1971, it was $400 billion. That was it. That was the total debt. Of that, of that $400 billion, over $200 billion of that had occurred during World War II. So when you re- really, and really, you get to almost 75% of the $400 billion from World War II and the last few years of the 60s with Lyndon Johnson's Great Society stuff, right? That's when we truly started to forget about it's the pursuit of happiness and let's just try to buy happiness. A lot's changed since then. We'll talk about that next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. The mainstream media and mainstream culture have a way of making political candidates think they know what people want. However, knowing what people actually want is an art form that very few people have truly mastered. The most obvious contemporary example would be President Trump, who outsmarted all of the media, political pundits, and naysayers who claimed to know that he couldn't succeed unless he used more politically correct language. Phyllis Schlafly was another one of those exceptional people who could feel the unseen pulse of the American people. No matter how loudly the feminists claimed to represent all women, Phyllis would not be swayed from what she knew the American voting woman really wanted. Obviously, politics and semantics go hand in hand. Thankfully, the Phyllis Schlafly report and practicality also go hand in hand. The October 1986 issue, entitled An Intelligent Candidate's Guide to the Women's Vote, especially lived up to that goal. It included a step-by-step guide for avoiding the semantic pitfalls laid by feminists, a simple set of guidelines to help candidates overstep the feminist rhetoric and speak to women directly. The issue also included such other practical tips as not responding to attacks by feminists, not trying to play both sides by making separate pledges to feminists and homemakers, and not trying to patronize by forming a women's committee to advise a campaign. The primary misconception of the so-called women's vote was that a candidate could win women over as a voting bloc simply by pandering to feminist demands and the so-called women's issues. Phyllis aptly pointed out that, by and large, women care more about the economy, taxes, and education than they do about easy divorce and taxpayer-subsidized abortion on demand. It would be narrow-minded and foolish to pretend that women are not as affected by the economy as men. On these grounds, Phyllis contended that a candidate should vie for the votes of women in the same manner as he might vie for the votes of men, with a broad base of strong policy stances. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. You've seen the desperation of women's marches, the disgrace of Planned Parenthood, the rise of savvy young conservative women. Radical feminism is heading down a dead-end road. Voice your opinion on what's really important to women at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. He was backwards, backwards, use words like no sir, yes ma'am, Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number 800-951-0592. We just passed $20 trillion. Think about, in a single day, we added almost as much debt in one day as we did in 195 years this weekend. Right? Well, I guess technically it happened yesterday. He signed it and, and uh, on Monday morning or Monday, sometime during the day Monday, they updated the dead clock that now surpasses $20 trillion. When you think about what was the cost, what was the cost? Was it free? Right? Think about where we've been for the last 10 years. Is America great? Right? Are the are are we better off today than we were a decade, two decades, three decades, four decades, five decades ago? And when you look at the numbers now we're down to one in 3 people. Only one in 3 believe their kids will be better off than they are. And that was a number that used to be, you know, 70, 80%, 90%. And you start thinking about what the cost has been. But here's the problem. It would be it'd be one thing if it was twenty trillion dollars and declining or at least uh Slowing, but it's twenty trillion dollars, and all of these unfunded liabilities are skyrocketing. Right, Social Security, and I listen. Like, oh, it won't be broke until twenty thirty three. That's it's not true. I wish it was true. And even then, twenty thirty three is not that far away. You know, I think about my youngest is 14 years old. Right? He'd be 30 in 2033. And he'd be, right, in the, the prime of his life, right? The 30-something. Right? This is when you're supposed to be married, living in suburbia, with the wife and a couple of kids, maybe a dog. You finally, you've arrived here in America, right? You're a productive member of society. Then all of us, <laughs> we're not going to pay social security. Oh, don't worry. It's not like you won't get nothing. But I love that one. Hey, well, we can still pay out, you know, 75%. 
telling you, that's overly optimistic. Okay? My youngest son's not going to make it to 30 when we run out of money. Going to be real close to only being 25 instead of 30. May even not make it to 25. My oldest son is 18. We're going to be lucky if he makes it to 30. What do you really think is happening? Do you really think, oh, the Dow's at an all-time high because it's great? Dow's at an all-time high because there's nowhere else to go and the money's not worth anything. Nobody has any real wealth. It's just a few people. You know it. I know it. Now, wouldn't it be great if stock price was tied to jobs created that paid more than 50000 You know, and the funny thing is, and like I said, it all has to do with how we teach people. Think about what we do today. What happened the first day your son or daughter walks onto a college campus? Do you know? Right? And I'm not, I don't know about the community college, even though I bet it's there as well. But if you went to U of A or ASU, Right, there's going to be a booth pretty much everywhere. Sign up for your credit card. Right, used to go to college. College it wasn't that expensive. Uh, expense being a relative, but it wasn't that expensive. Now you go to college, you're already getting student loan debt, but you don't even know what that is because they don't even start charging you right away. By the time these kids graduate from college, the vast majority of them have tens of thousands of dollars of debt right Most people you know what their first debt was. 50 years ago, back to 1971, they were buying a house. They didn't have a credit card. Now we got over a trillion dollars in that debt. Just remember, the borrower is the servant to the lender. Right? That's the best way to explain it. Now you think about Twenty trillion dollars, right? You know the the mafioso guys used to talk about the cement shoes, right? This is what this is. You know why is it Donald Trump saying, "Hey, I think we can get three percent," and everybody's coming out saying, "Nope," right? Because we got these cement shoes on. Right? We're getting ready to go swimming with the fishes. You know, and, and we've done it willingly. We've enslaved ourselves. Not only ourselves, we've enslaved our children and our grandchildren. You know, think about it. Like I said, this is real stuff. 
You know, when my youngest son was born, we only had $5 trillion of debt. Well, maybe six. It's now 20. When my young, my oldest son was born, they were still trying to tell us the debt was going to be paid off by 2010. And now you think about, you know, every single hour of the day, the debt goes up by over $100 million. We go into debt about $3 billion a day every single day of the year, 365 days a year. And in 10 years, that's going to be double. Patriot Radio News Hour. We're going to be back right after halftime. Welcome back. 800-951-0592. This was the reason why our founding fathers didn't want fiat money. Why they they warned everybody of the bankers. They call them money changers, but they that was bankers. Warned everybody. Don't give them the power. And you know, we, we talk about how nobody's gone to prison like Wells Fargo. Think about the criminal acts they've that they've perpetrated on all of us. Right? If that was a regular guy and he went and stole 50 bucks or 100 bucks from some old lady, right, we'd vilify that person, wouldn't we? Right, we got every, every, every news channel's got it where they got like three on your side and they go and they investigate people that ripped off old people, young people, you know, a contractor, this, that, the other. Wells Fargo rips off pretty much every customer they got. Nobody cares. The people even doing business with them don't care. And what we're doing, it's beyond criminal. right? If, If somebody came to you and said, all of these people know that they're bankrupting the entire future generations of these of our country. They're going to bankrupt your kids. They're going to bankrupt the grandkids. I remember growing up, you know what's so funny is I, I distinctly remember when they would, every once in a while, somebody would get fired up about the debt. And they'd talk about the children and the grandchildren. Notice how they really don't talk about that anymore. Do you want to know why they don't talk about the children and the grandchildren? Because we are the children and the grandchildren. That's why it's here. Make no mistake about it. Why do you think, have you ever asked yourself, especially those of you that are 55 and older, you know as well as I do, you're not supposed to be in the stock market anymore. Why are you still in it? 
And the answer is simple. Well, I can't put it anywhere else and make any money. Why? Because they got cement shoes on you. That's why. This is one of the effects of the bankrupting of this nation. You think about all the great powers that were before us. What did them all in? From the, you know, the Ming Dynasty, right? What happened to those guys? Right? What happened to the Romans? Right? What happened to, to, to Germany and all the rest? What happened to them? And the answer is simple. They went bankrupt. That's what happened. And it's happening right now. And they're trying to act like it's okay. It's not okay. Here's what they're really doing. They know, they already know. Donald Trump, let's get rid of the debt ceiling. Chucky Schumer, that's a great idea. Right? You should already know we're in trouble. <laughs> Anytime Republicans and Democrats agree, you know it's going to be bad news. We just keep rewarding them over and over and over again. It's almost like insanity. Now they're saying that the budget deficit and in, in, in this is their projection, $1.4 trillion in 2027. That'll be the fake number, okay? I'm going to tell you right now, I wish that this was true. And to give you, to put that in perspective, the fake number now is about $700 billion. So they're saying in 10 years, the fake number's going to double. Right? So if the fake number is one point, what is they say, 1.4 trillion, right? The real number is going to be somewhere around what? Two trillion. I'm telling you, I wish it's only going to be this bad. I think the fake number is going to be over $2 trillion. And I say the fake number at that point, the real or fake doesn't matter. In 10 years. Think about it. What, do, you got, do you got grandkids? How old are they? Huh? You got kids? How old are they? Maybe you got great-grandkids. In 10 years. We're going to have double the national debt. And Social Security and Medicare are going to be bankrupt all at the same time. Then what happens? What do we do? Do we only give everybody that's over the age of 65 or 62 or 67 or whatever age they want to randomly give? Do we all just say from now on you get 25% left? They did it in Greece. They'll do it here. And either you're prepared or you're not. 
And we can live in pretend world that because the, the, the hurricane only had 14% of the people insured, that somehow it's a good day for Wall Street. Is that what, that's the America we want to be in? There's not much time left. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Even the government's own number, which you know aren't anywhere close to the ballpark. Unfortunately, they're always, what, way too optimistic. Even their own number says double. What do you think in 10 years? What's more likely? Dow 60,000? Right, with national debt near $40 trillion. Annual budget deficit measured in trillions. Social Security and Medicare becoming broke. I mean, I can see Dow 60,000. <laughs> right? Why not? Or gold 3,000. In honor of us surpassing the $20 trillion mark, I'm going to go back to where we were a few weeks ago. And we're going to run the $20 Liberties and the $20 St. Gaudens. Your, your pick. You get a few, some of each. You get all of one. It really doesn't matter. At $13.95. Uh, by the way, gold, kind of like I said, had profit taking yesterday. Pretty quiet here today. Uh, gold's uh, at $1,329. Uh, the December contract at 1332. Uh, silver's actually higher, not a lot, but silver's up about three cents, seventeen dollars eighty-two cents. All twenty-dollar gold pieces today, thirteen ninety-five. And no matter what you buy, all shipping today is twenty bucks. In honor of us surpassing the twenty trillion dollar mark. And I hope today gives you, this is why our founding fathers didn't want the money to be fiat and why they wanted it to be gold and silver. Because they knew what happened. And, and we're all going through it again. And over the next 10 years, these aren't my numbers. I'm not making these up. Right? I'm giving you the government's own data. By 2027, the quote-unquote good debt number is going to be $1.4 trillion. Now, that's the government's number. I'm going to tell you it's going to be north of two, which means the fake number is probably going to be north of three. And you still think? We're going to be able to have economic prosperity. I mean, forget about cement shoes. I mean, that's going to be cement all the way up to our necks. That's how deep we're going to be in it. So just ask yourself. And if not for you, for your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, how are they really going to survive? How is it really going to work? Could you imagine us paying a trillion dollars a year in interest or more? 
eventually it gets to the point where they're they're what it doesn't work anymore right it's like the Ming dynasty it's like the Roman Empire right and you essentially cease to exist as a superpower 800 951-0592. Get ready. Because 10 years, not very long. Take the radio news hour. We'll talk again tomorrow.